this message was, um, woke me up at, um, I'll tell you all last week, woke me up about one o'clock in the morning, and I was going to teach on the priesthood. You know, I, I wanted to teach on it. I don't know how stuff's going to come out. I can study it, get it in me, but when I teach it, it comes out altogether different. So, so I wanted to hear it. But um, he woke me up about 1 o'clock in the morning and gave me two messages. The one was last week was uh, don't settle in the settling place, the settling place. So he gave me that. And so um, uh, I got up. How many of you were here last week? Okay, how was the message? Amazing. It was good, powerful. And so God gave me that. And the other message, he gave me two messages and just dropped it in my spirit. And put it in my, I couldn't go to sleep. And so uh, he just was speaking to me the whole night. So he put it in me. And this is the second part. And he wanted me to minister to you. And I'm going to minister to some on, after we finish. I'm going to minister. We're going we're gonna to pray for people. But walking in peace in perilous times. How many of y'all need to hear that? Walking in peace in perilous times. And so I want to minister that to you today. Um, my first scripture is on 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5 in the Amplified. I might not go through all the scriptures, but I'll just take one part of it. But understand this, that in the last days will come perilous times of great stress, trouble, hard to deal with, and hard to bear. How many of you know we're there? Now, he's preaching this, you know, way back then. And he's saying, when it's going to come in the last days, this is going to be tougher than this. So let me just give you some thoughts about what he went through. And he's writing this to the church. Well, you know, perilous means danger and risk. This is what they had at that time. It says... um, Herod mingled the blood of Christians with their sacrifices. Okay? Herod murdered James, but the church prayed for Peter. Stephen was stoned to death because of his faith. There were famines in the land and inflation in the land. Herod killed babies Not with AR-15s, but with a sword. That was in their day. That was in their time. And then the Spirit of God through Timothy is saying, in the last days, dangerous, perilous times are coming. How many of you know we're there? Okay. So watch this. The Lord wants to encourage us how to walk in the last days, how to walk. And so one night, uh, I ministered this last Wednesday or the Wednesday before at Lafayette campus. Uh, The Lord dropped this word in me. We had a worship time and Pastor Chris called me up. He said, whatever the Lord tells you to do, do it. And so he dropped this word in me and he showed me how Jesus responded to perilous times. How, because... Listen, I want to see what Jesus does. He's my example. I want you to hear with ears to hear, okay? Because it's, it's going to be 
It's going to be powerful. Um, <clears throat> one of the differences between now and then, we have cell phones. Hold on, my, my, my computer messed up. Cell phones that capture everything going on in the world. It goes around the world in seconds. We are being filled with violence, corruption through the news and the apps on our phone. Let me stop there for a second. I just the Holy Spirit just quickened to me something. Your phones, you got a phone? Let me see this thing. Let me tell you something. You should never let your teenagers go in their bedrooms by themselves or sleep with a cell phone. Okay. I <laughs> All right. Now, Jennifer, that's right. Okay. I'm a daddy. I know what I'm talking about, okay? Back in my day, we had rotary phones, okay? We didn't have this. Listen, listen. Well, let me just minister about the Holy Ghost for a minute. Okay. Um, let me tell you, I, when I was in pastoral care, <clears throat> So you should never let your kids go in the room with their phones by themselves. You should have a place to put those phones and lock them up. Why? They're not matured enough to handle none of this stuff. Matter of fact, adults are not matured enough to handle this stuff that's coming on that deal. Okay? Listen, I was in pastoral care, so I know, and Jennifer knows I was counseling at the church, counseling two churches at the time. Uh, going back and forth to Broussard and Lafayette. So the reason I'm saying this, and I'm not getting off my script. I'm going to come back to this, okay? The reason I'm saying this, one afternoon, two mamas called me up, and normally I'm, I'm pretty busy. I, I was busy. Uh, to get a, an appointment, it would take about two months to get an appointment. I was that busy. Seeing 800, over 800 people a year. And so... <clears throat> So one afternoon, too late, I need to talk to Pastor Ray. So my secretary said, okay, come in. Another one, the same lady, another lady, lived on two different sets. She came. So they, I said, okay, good. What's going on? My son was a, a good boy, innocent boy. Overnight, he switched. Like you turn the switch on, off. Something happened to him. He got rebellious. He got hard. His spirit is hard. Pastor Ray, I don't know what happened to him. And so I don't know what's going on with the bar. And I'm listening on the inside of me. I said, ask him if he got a cell phone. So I said, let me ask you something. Do you have a cell phone? He said, yes, sir. I said, let me ask you this. Uh, did you go somewhere that you shouldn't have gone or something pop up on your phone that you shouldn't have gone to? He said, yeah. I said, well, it's okay. That's no big deal. I said, let me ask you something. Did you go back to it? He said, I did. I said, that's where the hook came in at. Let me tell you something. The devil is not going to play. He's after generations. We're after generations too. We're going after generations, third and fourth, our blessings. But he hooked him. And I want to tell you, he turned overnight. So he repented. I told the mama, take the phone out of the room, take the computers out of the room, put them where you can see them, uh, where everybody works on the computer. Uh, husbands, lead by example. Uh, do it all in the open, not in the private. So then I prayed for him, and I broke the power of the devil off of him. 
and it left him. He started weeping and crying. The presence of God came upon him. He left. The other lady comes in, Pastor Randy, my boy. So I'm all of a sudden, my antenna. The same thing happened to that kid as the other one. So the Lord was showing me something. The enemy is coming after our children. When we're fighting battles and fighting all of this, that is just a distraction to leave your kids unprotected. You know something? I'm so glad with y'all. Y'all are doing a lot more amen this week than last week. Praise God. All right. So, so watch this. He'll let you fight all day long. He'll start stuff over here to get you looking at that. Over there and leave this alone. Then all of a sudden, your kids will get hooked on that. Not only that, men and women get hooked on porn too. Okay. But I, I'm not going there. I'm not at my church today. I'm not in my Bible. Study. I'm, at, I'm at Pastor Jamie's church. He'd probably get phone calls. Hey, Pastor Randy told on porn today. Okay. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> Jesus faced times like this also. Look at what happened to him concerning John the Baptist and how he handled it. The beheading of John the Baptist. Matthew 14, 10 through 14. Uh, he sent and beheaded, uh, talking about Herod, beheaded John the Baptist in prison. Can you imagine that? Cutting a man's head off. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel. And she brought it to her mother. Watch this. Remember when the ISIS was cutting everybody's head off? <clears throat> they were plastering that on TV, uh, internet. Oh, guess what? People were looking at, how could they do that? That was in Jesus' time too. So when, when his disciples came, they took up the body and, and buried it. And they went and told Jesus, when Jesus heard of it, he departed by a ship into a desert place apart. Apart. I want to stop right there. This was his humanity. One translation says he wanted to go into a solitary place. How many of you know when you face a tragedy or you see something that happens, you don't want to be around anybody? You want to hide. You want to just be drawn away. And you want to be by yourself. How many of you know it's the worst thing to do? It's to be by yourself. But then you get those three counselors that come meet you. Me, myself, and I. They're always talking to you about you by yourself. But notice this. When Jesus heard of it, he departed his ship into a desert place. And the, when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth, saw the great multitude, was moved with compassion towards them, and healed their sick. Notice what Jesus did when tragedy came to him. The tragedy was to get Jesus' focus off of the mission and the will of God, to get it looking at that and stop doing the will of God. Problems come. This is why they come. Look here. They come to get your attention off of the things of God, off of the will of God, off of the plan of God, to focus more on them problems than the will of God. Yes. Watch this. 
I remember um, when I had cancer. Um, uh, really, the first cancer was uh, my vocal cords. That's why my, I sound like Joe Cocker. Give me a ticket for an airplane. I mean, I could sing that song. And I ain't got time for my fast train, okay? So I could sing that song. But the other cancer was a death sentence. Okay, they said, um, you have a hard road to death, fast moving, hard to cure. So I want to tell you something. This is what the Lord told me at that time. Um, he, he put in my spirit. Uh, I was cutting grass at the time. And me and Polly, when we heard the, the, the deal, we, we wept, we cried. So then this was our pact. Today we cry. Tomorrow we come out and we fight. We ain't crying no more. This is it. This is a, this is a death deal. So we're coming. And so we fought this thing. So I'm cutting grass. I had 12 acres and I was on my tractor. Uh, let me get it back. Let me just ride around and cut some grass. When I, when I was going to the back, I heard this in my spirit. He said he did what he did a four time. He did what he did a four time. He did what he did a four time. I stopped the tractor and I'm talking. I said, I know where that's at. That's in Daniel chapter 6. He said, that's true. Daniel had a death sentence. He said, when the handwriting was written by the king, anybody call upon another God except the king would be thrown into the lion's den. That's a death sentence. Look what Daniel did. When he heard it and the, the thing was written, he knelt down and prayed three times a day as he did a four time. Watch this. What happens when bad things happen, we want to just stop and look back and kind of retreat a bit. The Lord spoke to my heart, don't stop doing what you're doing. Okay, don't stop preaching. Don't stop teaching. Don't stop counseling. Don't stop praying. That's what it's coming to do is to get you to back up and quit. Quit doing that. Don't do nothing. You just keep doing what you're doing. So then he asked me a question. He asked me a question. He said, Randy, do you believe Daniel was a man of faith? I said, yes, he was. Do you believe I answered his prayers? Yes, you did. Did you notice his prayers didn't keep him out the lines then? I said, I never saw that. He said, but his prayers and his faith kept him from the effects of the lion's den. Isn't that good? Kept him from the effects of it. Watch what he said. This cancer has come to kill you, but the cancer will have no effect on you if you obey what I'm doing. Positioning yourself to hear from God. Jesus could have gone off in a solitary place. Solitary place. Listen, your humanity, you know what you want to do when you get a bed? Okay, I've got sickness. I've got bills piling up. You know what you want to do? You want to go hide. You don't want to come to church. You don't want to get nobody to, you know, build you up. You don't want that. You want to go hide somewhere. But you see, the mind of Christ, to be spiritually minded, I think it's in Romans 13. Romans, what I have right here, Romans 8, 
Verse 6. To be spiritually minded is life. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritual. I want to see what Jesus did. Jesus kept doing the will of God. Even in the face of somebody that was the closest to him. John the Baptist. He heard the Father's voice. He was one. He was touched by the Spirit of God. So the one that was like him in all the world got beheaded. The devil knew that. If I could get to the one that's closest to you, pull him out of the way, I'll stop you. Am I speaking to anybody in here? It's a prophetic word. Watch. If I can get to somebody close to you and hurt them, destroy them, cause them to fall. That's why they plaster it all over the, the media. If a pastor falls, you know what they do? They put it out all over the place. That's, that's the devil doing that. Why? To get Christians to back off from coming to church and serving God. Amen. If I can get you, if I can get the pastor to fall and to mess up, the devil come. If he fell, what about you? Guess what? My faith is not based on a man. My faith is based on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. He's the solid foundation of everything. That's pretty good. Dear God, if you came to church just for that, you you bless right there. All right. So so watch this. Um, look at John 16, verse 33. John 16. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world, you will have troubles. You'll have tribulation. But he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Isn't that good? So watch this. Everything you're seeing today, all the destruction, all the wars, all the famines, all the plagues that's in the world. The God of this world has access and control to all of that. But he said, Jesus said, in me, you'll have peace. In me is peace. And he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I was younger, um, I'd read that. <laughs> and, uh, that's the way I am with the Lord. Okay? I'm, I'm very open. I'm very honest with him. I said, that's easy for you to say. You're in heaven. I'm stuck in this mess right here. <laughs> I'm, going through the, I'm going through this hell here. I'm, hey, look, it's that woman you gave me. That's the problem. I mean, we were going through marital problems. That's a woman you gave me. Financial problems. Hey, I'm stuck in this financial mess. You walking on streets of gold. We ain't got that here. So watch this. I can be in the midst of trouble and not have trouble in the midst of me. That's peace. Watch this. In a hurricane... A hurricane has an eye, but around the, the eye wall is the most destructive winds in that hurricane. 
But you know, I've been through one of the early hard Betsy, was it, Polly? Do you know we're younger? Uh, Betsy, y'all are, y'all, most of y'all are too young to know that. Okay. But Betsy, when Betsy came, the eye came over Lorville area. I mean, destructive winds. But when the eye came over, sunshine, birds flying in the middle of them, all of that stuff. It was peaceful. But you were in a hurricane. But in that eye, you were peaceful. So can we live in peace in the midst of a storm? We can. Watch this. If Jesus said it, he wouldn't tell us to do something we could not do. So there's ways of doing it. So today, I want to teach along these lines. Let me give you another quote, though. Peace is not the absence of problems. And troubles. On the contrary, we can have peace in the midst of troubles and pressure. I want to read that again. Peace is not the absence of problems. Troubles and troubles. On the contrary, we can have peace and in the midst of troubles and pressures. Watch this. When peace is in my heart, I can trouble my troubles. Let me say it again because I'm going to give you some examples of that. Listen, when peace is in my heart, I can trouble my troubles. But I can't trouble my troubles if trouble is in my heart. Let me say that. There's a little tongue twister there. When peace is in my heart, I can trouble my troubles. But when trouble's in my heart, I'm a troublemaker waiting to deal with trouble. I'm going to make trouble. Peace gives you the ability to deal with trouble. But if you have peace in your heart, you can't deal with trouble. You make trouble. Okay. Is that okay? All right. Watch this. Every time that... um, I don't know. When I was a young Christian, I was a troublemaker. Then as I got older, the Lord delivered me from being a troublemaker to a peacemaker. Let me tell you, blessed are the peacemakers. Matthew chapter 5. I think we have it on the board. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. What is he saying there? When you're a son, you can walk in peace And you can go and deal with troubles. The peace that's in you will be transferred to the troubles to make peace there. Marriage problems. Back then, Paul and I, I mean, listen, it was like little Vietnam at my house. In our 20s, that's true. It was like little, I mean, I kept telling him, it's the woman you gave me. She's the one who's causing all of this. She's the one who's getting me mad. She's the one that's irritating the devil out of me. And the Lord said, well, if the devil wasn't in you, she couldn't get the devil out of you. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's just it. But what happened when God started speaking and I renewed my mind so that this and this agreed, I could deal with the problem and bring peace to a troubled marriage. Watch this. Your problem is not your problem. It's how you see your problem. That's the problem. Yeah. 
change your mind, change the way you see, changes everything. Is that pretty good? Let me give you an example of this. Judges chapter 6, verse 23 and 24. The Lord said to him, talking to Gideon, Peace be unto you. Fear not, for you will not die. Then Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day in Ophrah and of the Abizonites. Watch this. Jehovah Shalom means peace, wholeness, everything. They were living in poverty, lack, affliction. When God dealt with him, he had peace. But watch this. He had peace, but he was still in the midst of the problem. Just because God spoke to him didn't change his circumstances. It changed him. Stop, look at me. Everybody look. Before God can change your circumstance, he's got to change you. It's like uh, some tongues want to come on me right now. Just I mean, just, he's got to change you. Why? To deal with your circumstance. When he changes you and you have peace, you become a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. Peacekeeper, okay, you stay there, I stay here. We sleep in two different rooms. Peacemaker is, I'm tearing down the wall that separates us and we're going to become one. For the work of righteousness is peace. The effects of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers that made peace. See, God had to change Gideon to change his whole circumstance. He had to use him to start attacking the thing that was causing poverty in their life. Watch this. Beloved, I wish of all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. This has to change. When this changes, this and this agree, you can deal with your poverty, sickness, and everything else. When your eyes are open, you have the peace of God so you can trouble your troubles. Pretty good? Not bad for a little Catholic boy, huh? All right. All right. I tell my Bible study a lot. It's not bad for a little Baptist. Um, I said, you should stay in here a little while. I'll get to your denomination in a minute, okay? Watch this. Y'all ready for this quote? You will find peace not by trying to escape your problems but by confronting them courageously. You will find peace not in denial, but in victory. Watch this. We looking, I remember this um, years ago, and after I came out of, no, no, after I came out of uh, cancer and all that, uh, or somewhere along that time, he spoke to me, he said, um, 
Randy, can I trust you with a problem? I mean, now it was the voice of God. It wasn't a witness, it was a voice. You know, so I stopped. And I'm, I'm looking at him and said, well, what do you ask? Listen, he's asking a question. He already knows. So I said, well, you know, you know me. I'm a runner. In my natural, my flesh, I'm a runner. Okay, that's your problem. I'm getting out of here. I'm, I'm moving. That you will not run from it and you will not lift up yourself. Then he gave me this word. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Look right here. When you're a matured son of God, God uses you to deal with troubles. I know some of you, yeah, I can see it in the spirit. Y'all got a white flag waving. Okay, well, I got enough trouble all by myself here. Watch this. But when you solve problems, when you know how to do it, you can help anybody get out of where they are. I keep telling people that come to me, I tell them what to do. I tell, I tell them, I say, simple. Okay, take the word, meditate the word. I said, the word will produce deliverance and whatever. Asking him questions. I remember one time I was counseling this guy. I knew he was holding something back against his wife. And um, so I kept asking him. So he asked me, I said, well, how do you feel about it? He said, well, I feel this. I said, well, why do you feel that way? He said, well, okay, this. I said, well, why do you feel like that? He said, well, this. I said, well, why do you feel? He said, you're going to make me say it, huh? You're going to make me. I said, yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because I hate her. I said, that's the truth right there. That's the truth. It came from somewhere. Look right here. Your feelings come from a belief. Somewhere. You just don't have a feeling, then have a belief. Your, your beliefs, your feelings come from your beliefs. How you feel about your neighbor, how you feel about your wife, your husband, your kids, comes from a belief. Not bad, okay? Let me give you some principles for walking in peace in perilous times. Number one, don't let your heart be troubled. John 14, 27, amplify. Peace I leave with you. My peace now I give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated, disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. That's a powerful word. Now, Jesus said, don't let it. So if Jesus says, don't let, I, I have the ability not to let my heart be troubled, not to let it be afraid. He would have never told me not to do it. Why? He gives me the authority and the ability to do it. Come on. So, so if I'm all messed up, it's me that's letting the mess get in my heart. Okay? I remember, you think I'm just, you think I'm just, 
preaching this stuff. I said, no, I live this stuff. I just one day, I was in the, a vacuum truck business, and we had about five trucks, and we were running all over the place. And my partner tells me, we have a contract out of Lake Charles. We have a contract, and uh, we need two trucks with vacuum bottles and all that. He said, I got the contract. Paul, you remember that? I got the contract. I said, well, praise God. I said, how long is the contract for? I want to make sure I can cover the trucks. He said, two and a half years. I said, we can, we can, we'll, we'll be good. We'll be all right. So I went, bought two brand new trucks. Uh, I had to sign for them. I had to put my John Henry on that. So the guy, the, the truck said, quarter of a million bucks. So he says, Randy, you're good for it. Your word's good. My word's good. We're good. We'll sign the papers. I'm going to send the trucks to you. We'll sign. I'll go meet you and sign the papers. I said, good. Let's do it. So I'm, we're looking at the trucks. We're getting all that ready. Then the next day, my partner comes. I'm looking at the trucks. You know, my drivers are looking at it and all that. And he comes to me. Uh, <clears throat> Hello. Yeah. What can I, uh, we have a problem. I said, what problem? We don't have a contract. I said, you what? We don't have a contract. I thought they were going to give us a contract, but I don't have one signed. Now, at the time, you can do two things. You can go, Abe, in that truck, let me tell you what's wrong with you, you crazy. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I just looked on the inside of me. Because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me. He's hearing everything. He knows everything. I looked on the inside of me. He said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of your trucks. I knew it was coming, and I'll take care of you on it. Don't worry about it. The trucks went to work. They never stopped working. See, at the time, I could have got bitter at my partner. I could have got bitter. I could have been in fear. I could have been in fear. Watch. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded, to be controlled by the world, is fear and death. It doesn't produce life or peace. See, you have a choice. Watch this. You have a choice. In Jesus is peace. In the world, trouble. So you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So when problems come, what's on the inside of you, you've got the word and all of that. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. When problems come, I can listen to him or I can listen to the circumstances happening. Whatever I'm strong in, that's what I'm going to yield to. If I'm strong in the word, I'm going to yield to him. If I'm strong on Fox News, that's how I'm going to yield. I'm showing you how to walk in peace, okay? It's a choice. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Um, the diagnosis of cancer, death thing. On the inside of me, I heard these. I told you I heard the word. Uh, uh, he did what he did a four time. Then he spoke to me again. I got that. Don't you just keep doing what you're doing? I got it. Good. You know that. Then, then you get this little whisper. 
are you sure you heard from God? Because your life depends on it. Come on. Did God really tell you that? Does that sound familiar? Did he, re- did he really say I'm going to take care of you? So boy, I want to tell you at the time, you have to have an intimate relationship with the one you're serving. Yes, I heard him. There it is. There it is. My daughter, my daughter came after I had cancer and we got rid of all that. And so this year is my 10 year. They're going to discharge me from, from cancer in 10 years. So they're going to turn me loose, give me a good bill of sale. My daughter came to me. Could you pray for me? Um, he said, I've got a lump on my breast. Could you pray for me? So I prayed and the Lord spoke to me and told me, he says, um, I'll redeem her life from destruction. So I got that word. So she called me back. Did you get some of the Lord talk to you about me? I said, yeah, he did. He said, what do you tell me? I said, Psalms 103, verse three or four, whatever. He redeems my life from destruction. He's gonna redeem that. So they went to the doctor. Three weeks later, they came back, cancer. So they came home after the hospital, her and her husband, and they, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna I said, we already got the answer. We got the answer. Are you not going to worry? That's your daughter. She belongs to God. God let me birth and bring her in, but she belongs to God. And the Lord told me he redeems her life from destruction. I gave her that word. Put it up. I said, didn't the Lord speak to you? Put that word up on your mirror. Put it in your mouth. Get it in your ears. Get it in your heart. Speak it. When the thoughts come against you to rob you of your peace and faith, speak the word. You're going to have to speak the word in the midst of trouble to maintain your peace. You're in a spiritual battle. Whether you believe it or not, whether you participate or not, you're in it. Shout amen, somebody. Amen. Keeping your peace to be spiritually minded. Uh-oh, I lost my notes. Okay, all right. Oh, okay, excuse me, hold on. Um, yeah, yeah, my daughter, excuse me, my daughter, uh, she's cancer-free right now. Been six years, six years cancer-free. Six years cancer-free. So God is so good to us. I want to tell you, he's blessed us so much. Um, how do you protect your heart? Look, what time? I got time. I got plenty of time. Okay. All right. Watch this. How do you, watch being spiritual minded. Look at Luke 21, 26 and 28. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. How many of you know things are shaken? At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. You know what he's telling you? He said when you start seeing these things, don't look at, don't focus on what's coming. Focus on who's coming. Okay, 
So you got to change your perspective. Um, taking off an airplane. How many of you ever been in an airplane? Have you ever taken off an airplane when it's raining? How did that make you feel in that thing? Okay. All right. But the pilot, he just gets in there. He's got radar. They're looking at it. And I mean, you start to take off that, the wind, the rain, it's bumping, it's going, all of a sudden he plunges out of this thing and sunshine and peace and everything. If you stay here, nothing but turbulence, nothing but rain, wind, turbulence. But if you pop through, peace, sunshine, everything is good. Praise God. Have you ever noticed that? People in the midst of bad stuff, they got the joy of the Lord on them. You get, I mean, they got the hope of God on them. Praise the Lord. What are you doing, Sister Mary? I'm trusting the Lord. But you're going through hell. Mike going through hell. But the Lord, I trust the Lord in all of this. She maintained her peace in all that. Proverbs 4, 23 Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it is the issues of life. You're going to have to guard your heart. Listen, when you're going through problems, the worst thing you can do is turn on the news. Okay, you turn it off. I thought I had problems. They got more problems than me. Listen, start opening the Bible. Get in the Bible. I mean, listen, I know. Get in the Word. Oh, get your phone. Get in the Word. Start, I had so many, I guess it was a blessing I had so many problems because it forced me, I'm just saying it, it forced me to get in the Word. I mean, my pastor kept telling me, get in the Word. Yeah, but get in the Word. I'm having, get in the Word. But I'm going, get in the Word. Your answer's in the Word. If I could just talk to you, it's in the Word. He pushed me through the Word. I stayed in that book day and night. And I, I called him up. I ain't getting nothing out of it. He said, hang up the phone and shut up. Get back in the word and read the word. I said, I said, he said, look, every time I see him, you know, waiting for, I got to talk to you. No, 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 in the word, get in the word. Best thing he ever did to me, pushed me to the word. I got in the Bible. I read the Bible day and night. I turned the TV off, the radio off. We didn't have computers. No, I turned everything off. I stayed in the Word. I kept my face in that book until the book started speaking to me. When it spoke to me, guess what? I had fresh faith. I had a living faith. Not just information. I had revelation. You can't fight the devil on information. It takes revelation to fight for him, to deal with him. Watch this. Looking at your problems and what's causing de- is what's causing depression and hopelessness. Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of a man makes it stoop, but a good word makes it glad. You see, when people are heavy, I mean, they just, guess what? You're not in the book. You're not in the Word. You don't, you're not, you're not, you have no Word coming at you. Why? The Word will make you glad and happy even in the midst of trouble. The Word will give you peace and joy in the midst of problems. 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes I might, like this morning, I want to tell you, after preaching five hours yesterday, I uh, got five o'clock, came around. I said, what planning am I on today? I got up out of bed this morning. I want to tell you. I said, I lifted up my hands. I started singing to him, singing in the spirit, speaking in tongues. I make it all of a sudden, I started off in the flesh and I got anointed. When the anointing of God came on me, I renewed. Why? Everything you ever have need of is on the inside of you. The one that knows everything in heaven and in earth lives in you. We have to train ourselves to start listening to the one on the inside of us. You're anointed of God. 1 John 2.20 says, But we have an unction from the Holy One. And we know all things. We have an unction. The unction lives in us. And it says we know all things. He knows all things about your problem. He knows all things about your marriage. I remember one time I told the Lord, Lord, my money doing funny. You know, when you say that, it means you're broke. He ain't got nothing. My money doing funny. He said, I can help you out on that. But until I asked him, I listened to him on the inside of me. I was really illiterate when it came down to money. But he helped me, showed me what to do, showed me how to do it, then make me wise with money. It's all on the inside of you. He knows everything about your marriage. He knows everything about your children. He knows everything about your future. He knows everything about you from the beginning to the end. When you came into this planet, God had a plan for your life. It was all made out. He was the architect of your whole life. He put you in here. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost starts to work to fulfill that plan, to, to, to line up with the plan of God. But you got to obey him and listen to him. Okay, second part. Let me get, wait, one more, one more scripture. To keep your, you got to keep your mind focused on the promises of God. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Not just peace, perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Number two, pursue peace with God in yourself and with others. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 and 11, amplified. For let him who wants to enjoy life see good days, whether apparent or not, keep his tongue free from evil, his lips that from guile, let him turn away from wickedness and shun it. Let him do what is right. Let him search for peace, harmony, undisturbedness from fears, agitating passions, moral conflicts, and seek it eagerly. Do not merely desire peaceful relationship with God, with your fellow man, and with yourself, but pursue it. So watch this. How do I walk in peace? Number one, see that little piece of meat? Stick, stick that little piece of meat out. Come on, show it. Stick it out. Come on, come on. We in church. Stick it out. It's okay. That thing there gets you in more problems. 
Yeah, you ever, I tell men when I teach Bible studies, I said, go in the bathroom and look in the mirror. The first person you see in that mirror, haul back and slap the daylights out of him and say, you're my problem. You're my problem. Watch, be peaceful with God. If you sin, you confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you. Not just to forgive, but to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's number one. Number two, pursue peace in yourself. I remember, watch this, I can't bring peace to anybody unless peace is in my heart. If there's agitation, aggravation, envy, jealousy, that stuff in my heart, I can't produce peace out here. I got to go to him. Watch this. And this is going to be, I remember when I was um, struggling with lust. And I know nobody does that here because y'all from, y'all from, what we had anyhow, <laughs> y'all, from, y'all from Eunice. No, but now y'all do that. I mean, watch this. I went to I'm struggling with lust. He said, well, I knew it. I knew that. I got anger in my heart. I knew that too. I've got envy. I know that too. But you know something? We don't want to confess those things because we think he doesn't know it. When we confess it, it's not when he finds out about it. He already knew it. It's when you released it. The more you confess those issues, the more grace and peace is exchanged. What you need mercy for is for your shortcomings. Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If you've messed up with money, go to him. Listen, I'm a financial illiterate. Somebody said, that's a bad confession. No, it was true. Look at my life. Once he showed me the truth, then I stood on the word. I want to tell you, to change your situation, you're going to have to change first here on the inside of you. The second part is seek peace with your fellow man. Going to them. Going to them. I remember um, had problems with a guy and boy, me and it was just, we were just at odds. I wanted to go meet him one day and put up the axe, you know, the axe to the, the tree. Uh, the Lord said, you, you don't do that right now. You're not ready for that. Yeah, well, I needed peace and I needed grace in my heart and he needed it. It took one year. I prayed for one year and I'm sure he was praying. And then God brought us together and broke that thing. Now he's my best friend. Why? You can't produce peace outwardly if there's trouble in your heart. Yeah, but you don't know what they did, right? But if you're holding unforgiveness, you don't know what Jesus did for you. Come on. You've forgotten how much he forgave you from. Have you been forgiven? Everything. For everything. He forgave you for everything. 
Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe that you and I could not pay. So watch, I have to pursue that peace. I might not be able to make a long distance thing, but I can pursue it in prayer and God can give me peace. Yeah, I got that. It's done. You're free from it. Here's the, here's the down payment for the promise. Peace. Peace got to be in your heart. If there's going to be peace in your family, in your life, in your work, and everything else. Listen, it's foolish to go to try to make peace when there's war in your heart. I wish today would be your last day. No, I'm coming back Friday. I'm coming back one more day. Next Sunday, excuse me. Next Sunday. Is this okay with y'all? All right. Watch this quote. People that produce peace in their hearts produce peace in their lives. James chapter 4 says this. Where does wars come and fightings among you? Come they not hence of the lust that's wars in your members? Only by pride comes contention. What's pride? Me. Mine. Pride. That's it. Am, am I preaching okay? Y'all got kind of quiet. Of course, let me tell you something. I'm used to this, okay? Uh, you know, the Lord gave me this example and I said, well, Lord, now ain't nobody saying too much. He said, Randy, he said, when I use you to do surgery, a surgeon doesn't wake up his patient that's on the table when he has his chest open and wake him up. Hey, am I doing good? You feeling better? Yeah. <laughs> he said, no. Once I close him up, it'll produce the peace and the health months down the road. At the time, it's not peaceful. Okay. Watch this. God gives more grace. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Have you ever tried to do something and it's not working? Have you ever tried to push on the, it's not working? Because why? He resists you. But when you take grace, listen, I've come to him with more stuff. I've learned as a young Christian to come to him with everything. He cares for everything that concerns me. If there's a mess in my heart, I tell him about it. And he gives me grace. What is the secret for a successful Christian life is more grace. There it is. The power of grace. The last one, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not fret and have anxiety about, say it, anything. Does anything mean anything? But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite requests, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And the peace of God shall be yours. That tranquil state of soul, of assurance, it's salvation through Christ. So fearing nothing from God, being content with your earthly lot of whatever sort it is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount a guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ. In Christ, peace. In the world, tribulation. So how do we do that? 
Anything that's robbing you of peace in here, you bring it out. Anything that you're faced with, your troubles, anything, I don't care what it is. If it's agitating on the inside, bring it to God. Let him deal with it. Listen, you position yourself for more grace at that time. You need God's mercy. Yes, I know you've been missing it. I know this is hurting. Here's your mer- his mercy. Here's grace now to help you. The other part is, if you're going through stuff, pray this prayer. Lord, open my eyes to see like you see in this situation. Because when my eyes are open, I got peace. The reason I'm struggling is because the way I see it. I don't see it from your point of view. Does that make sense? Let me see, and I'm going to be closing. I want to tell you, let me tell you about this. I I got it down, so it must be true. So uh, (laughs) there was a a guy called, uh, you can come up, yeah, William Grubbs. Mr. Grubbs, I pick him up, we go to prayer meetings and Bible studies. He was in his 80s at the time. He was so full of the word, so full of joy. I want to tell you, he would, he'd laugh all the time. I mean, full of joy. He was in his 80s and just was alive. I mean, just, doesn't that aggravate you sometimes when you get around somebody like that? I mean, he was so full of joy. So his joy would come either aggravate you or you can't jump in, jump in. I'd jump in with him. One day he went to the hospital and he died. He died. He went, he met Jesus. Jesus, so when he got to Jesus, Jesus is talking to him. Jesus, the first thing he tells Jesus, Jesus, what about Mary, my wife? Who's going to take care of Mary? Jesus looked at him and says, William, uh, William, nothing on earth is worth worrying about. There is nothing on earth worth worrying about. Go back down. I'll come get you sometime later. It's time to go back. And when he got back into his body, I went and visited him. He said, Jesus, I went to heaven. I met Jesus. What he said, he said, there's nothing on earth worth worrying about. Nothing on earth. Your money, nothing on earth. God can get you money. No, nothing. My children, nothing. They're God's children. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered. He contends with those that contend with you and he'll save your children. Think about it. All these things come to get you to focus on it and get your eyes off of who you are in Christ and what Christ did for you.